podcast that we haven't named yet with Emma Arnold and Jocelyn Robertson. Thanks Do for having. Want to give last names? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... I feel like a little bit. That's a little bit of an infringement. Last names? You feel like that's too Price public? You know, it's like when you work at Rite Aid and they give you a name tag and it's your first and last. Why does somebody need your last name? Yeah. The only reason they would need that is to turn you in. To Facebook friend you <laughs> later. When you meet somebody at Rite Aid that you just really connect with and you're like, yeah, we're going to be pals. <laughs> now you well, have we'll, all we'll my info. We'll bleep your last name later in post. No, it's fine. It's fine. I could use some more friends. Yeah. That's part of our marketing strategy is we're just going to be first name that, that's what I wanted to ask Anonymous. you. So where is this going to be marketed again? Um, I was thinking I put this up on my website. And I've fought having a podcast for a long time. People are always like, you have to have a podcast. And I've been like, no. For what? Yeah. I'm always like, I don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> I'm on a lot of podcasts. And I just sit really politely and quietly. So and, maybe this is going to be like ownership of your personal yeah. brand. Versus like. Being on other. Latching on like. Hitching your way limpeting other people's star, which is really your thing. That's more <laughs> what I do is I limp it to someone a little more famous. Right. And then I think that's totally work for you though. And I'm really it proud has. Of you for that. Thank you. I, I feel like I'm very good at being just polite enough that people will take me places because they that's know I won't I like embarrass you. them. Yeah. People are like you're nice to me and you're kind of funny and yeah, kind of. <laughs> Did you see that thing I posted the other day of that guy who, who out of the blue, emailed my bookings email and was like you're you're sexy and I love your write or I love your blog and I guess you're funny because it's funny and I guess you kind of wrote it I was like what a compliment thank you so much and I posted it to be like look at this dork and people were like that's really sweet I was like it's not sweet to be like I guess you kind of wrote the stuff that is on your blog well but you are in a um, relationship with somebody so was the assumption then that that person was helping you or I don't where was this what was the insinuation do you think that where where that came from well I think he read my blog and then I have my booking email on my website if you look for it it's on there right but then he was like you know what I better do I better email this person and let her know right my approval I think he should have just Facebook messaged you something like that yeah Probably a picture of Maybe his both. his wiener. Yeah, <laughs> to really get his point across. You really get a lot of wieners. I'm jealous of that. I do I get, get a lot zero of wieners. Wiener. Really? None. You know? But I'm not uh, a celebrity yet. Yeah, you got to have a a website. I think to start getting wieners. Well, I have a website, but not for comedy. But it's but it's anonymous. <laughs> it's like it's like your first name rule. It just says no, Jocelyn dot net. I actually I know now why I don't get those emails. It's because I have a date a book. A blog about dating. Oh yeah, and none of it's good. It's and you and very so clearly it, will publicly call people out. <laughs> right. So nobody's gonna send me their dick pic because they know that I will just put it on my blog. Yeah, I'd be like, look at this dick pic. Yeah, that's true. Whereas my 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 whole website is. No, I'll be polite. <laughs> Let me politely polite respond to you. Actually, I feel like I really am polite. Mm-hmm. But if you're on my blog, if you're one of the men that I write about in my blog. There's no way that even if I'm super nice to you that you're going to take it well. No, no. The guys on your blog are on there. Yeah. The guys that are on there are always like, what? I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm like, did you read the post about you? You're a complete knob. (laughs) Yeah. But I also call out myself. 
Yeah. So I feel like I'm totally fair. In I feel no like way you're am too. I saying I'm this gemstone of a human being, this like sparkle unicorn or anything. I'm saying like, wow, this is terrible out here. All y'all were in it together and it's bad. Yeah. And it's not getting better. And what's your blog called? Oh, it's called The Big Book of Bad Dates. Yeah. It's Jocelyn's great. Joss, Joss's Big Book of Bad Dates. It's great. So. You have, um, like my dad always says about my sister, uh, probably your biggest, I think, flaw is that your picker seems to be real broken. <laughs> You're a real broken picker right there. That's one thing that I'm really hoping that um, this podcast is going to help me figure out because I really feel like I need some advice. Yeah. And um, I'm hoping that I can get some advice from people listening on what I should do differently. Because I've had my blogs now since I think 2008 or 2009, which is a really, really long time. And I entered into it after, you know, 10, 12 years of solid dating. (laughs) So it's even still new compared to my dating life. And there's no end in sight. Yeah. So. So that way you can kind of put it out. And then like, okay, so we talked about this, like that maybe part of the podcast will be uh, us asking for advice, asking just put it out there and ask and be like, hey, could you could you uh, mansplain this for me? Because we get, I think, both of us a lot of that where guys are like, here's what you're doing wrong. Right. Let me tell you how to do things. And so it's like a way to be like, okay, here, here's a I'm asking you. you. Yeah, here's a form. We're asking you to mansplain this for us. Which I hate that term, but it's so effective when you're trying to describe a certain... Well, I think everybody knows now what that is. Yeah. And <laughs> what form that takes. And so I think it, earnestly we're setting um, setting out to do this and hoping that uh, it might actually provide some solid information for us. Yeah. And so maybe um, each time we do this podcast, we can put it out there. We're gonna we're gonna give us we're gonna ask a question and ask people to respond. So it's kind of the opposite of like dear prudence or something like that yeah we're not going to tell you the answer we want the answer from you yeah we've got questions yeah and i find a lot of times the guys who do the most amount of mansplaining they aren't bad guys they're they're real nice guys who kind of don't understand that you're not that just because you say something you're not asking for advice right or and you're like oh no i'm an adult (laughs) i'm i'm a professional like i don't actually need you to tell me how to live my life so here's a chance to just go ahead and tell us on a specific thing, w- how we're doing things wrong and how we could do them better. Right. It's like when I go to my dad for car advice. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to give him the opportunity. This is a way that we can interact. That yeah. He has more knowledge than I do. And it's really actually very helpful. And so I just throw it over to him to also because I don't want to know a lot of that stuff like intimately. Yeah. You know, details. Yeah. I just, you know mansplain it please my dad my dad's mansplaining it he he has the same advice for every situation oh, really? and it's well you don't eat right you don't get enough sleep and you don't exercise and so everything everything in your life boils down to well did you get enough sleep you eating right you've been exercising and it's it's applicable everywhere <laughs> everywhere you go you're like yeah no i'm not it's huh. probably why i feel like shit that's probably why my relationships are difficult that's probably why my work's not going well it's always it's always helpful that's solid advice it is yeah you know but he's not he's one of those like guys who doesn't talk a lot like he's a stoic silent type he's got four daughters so he just is mostly pretty quiet keeps his opinions to himself my dad is very opinionated and not quiet and gives lots of advice so i try in in the past in my youth particularly 
he would get me, you know, like we'd be taking a car ride for three hours and he would go on some sort of a tirade about how I should, you know, study economics or something. And I'd be like, you don't even know who I am. I'm an (laughs) artist. You know, I'm a writer. I don't want to go into economics. And so then I realized, well, what I have to do is direct his energy towards the areas where I would like some help. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. So when I see him, he's like, have you had your uh, tires rotated? Of course I haven't. I would never think to do that. (laughs) So yesterday he took my car and got my tires rotated. Oh, that's amazing. And we didn't have to talk about economics. That's good. My dad's like the opposite. In a three-hour car ride, most of it would be silence. And then I'd be like, "Uh, still pretty sad about my divorce sometimes. (laughs) And he'd be like, oh, yeah. How's the furnace? Right. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, furnace is good. And that'd be our whole conversation. Definitely not talk about relationships. Oh, he, he wouldn't. Said, he doesn't talk about like real oh, stuff. No, 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 no. In fact, one time we were trying. He was having problems with my mom. They've been married for too long, and um, my sister and I were trying to talk to him. And he said, "I don't want to be friends with you." That's a, that's a really good. That's good. And I was like, you know what? He's right. Yeah. I don't want to be friends with him either. That's that's good. And we can be friendly. We can be on good terms, but we don't need to be friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. My, I just think like nobody in my family really talks about anything. Like everybody's pretty stoic and quiet. And then, uh, but like if you if you get my dad, like if you're like, because you know we we do a lot of beekeeping stuff together. So if I'll be like mites, huh? And then he'll be like, oh, I got some opinions on that. And then and that's the only time you'll get him to like bond and like really open up is about something he has a lot of information on and and, and strong opinions. And that, but it's like that's how we communicate is through bees. And viruses that affect bees. <laughs> and, and yeah, so basically mostly bees and furnaces for us, which actually. Uh, How th- is your furnace? Uh, it's fixed now because it was broken and we were able to call and be like, hey, something's going on with the furnace. And he was like, oh, yeah, I can tell you what that is right away. And he he was able to talk Dylan through it on the phone and we fixed the, he fixed the furnace. I I didn't do anything except bitch about how cold it was. Right. And for a couple days, your father. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty significant. Although although when I lived alone, there were a new a couple times where I had to fix. I fixed my furnace on my my own one time, which was real gross. I had to scrape. There was like sludge, not in the filter, but like inside of it, because our house was a meth house, and there was gross, disgusting poison you sludge in it. Clarify, it wasn't a meth house because of us. Thing. No, it was because oh. we had moved in <laughs> to a terrible situation because it was cheap, and then later we're like, ooh. This was a dangerous mistake. I didn't at the time have a lot of rules about meth houses, we found out. Do you now, though? You're like, no more, never. No more meth house. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really developing a lot of dignity in my 30s. (laughs) You know what? I'm not going to live in a garbage fire. How about that? I think that is solid. And in fact, I'm going to take that on right now. advice. That I had never considered before. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's something. Mm -hmm. I can even pass that along to younger people. Yeah. You know. Hey, kid. (laughs) Hey, kiddo. Don't live in a garbage fire. (laughs) Have a little dignity. It is good advice. Yeah. (laughs) I think my, I think what I would ask for advice. So I get a lot of advice on career stuff, like unasked for constant career stuff. So I, but, and a lot of times I'm like, people are like, you just got to work hard, not whine. I'm like, Worst oh, piece of advice ever. I'm like, I do that already. Also, how many people do you know that do not work hard at all? And yeah. are incredibly successful. Yeah. 
I feel like that hard work slash success it's is not a total lie. And also it's something they tell you when you're young. Yeah. And I feel like you should figure out ways to avoid work. Yeah. Working really, really hard because the hard, the people that you know that work the hardest are the ones that are at the, like the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like a substitute a lot of times for like a, an actual personality trait. People are like, oh, I work all the time. I'm exa- right. I'm exhausted all the time. Like it's like this weird marker people use to establish like how how the, how great they are. We're like oh, I work sixty hours a week, and I'm like that just that's a bad thing. Right? Like you're not impressing me with that. <laughs> I just am like oh that's awful. Yeah. Even though I'm I'm also one of those people that probably works too much and is like, but I also when I'm off I do a pretty good job of just being off. You know? Yeah, I don't, but um, I aspire to. R- relaxation I believe in it I, <laughs> I don't think that people should work 60 hours a week and they, yeah. sh- they should not like only uh have ambitions that are monetary like yeah. I think you should have ambitions for um interesting hobbies and uh knowing interesting people and all those things I think you should definitely have ambitions towards those um I am mostly just a busybody so that I can't sit down and relax ever yeah because I have like cleaning obligations laundry obligations things like that see i'm the opposite where i could sit for a really long time i can really lay and veg very well and i'm more of the like you have got to answer those 75 emails you have to go and do that never relaxed by 75 (laughs) emails well i think it's partly a change from because i'm not and and in no way am i saying no 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 that i like that what you're doing, I I think that that is great. Give yourself that. <laughs> you are winning. That. I think I think part of it is from just like I used to be a lot more workaholicy, but then I started to get really burnt out, and then I finally was like, what if I just fucked off and didn't do this stuff? And I, you know, and what you find is that you fuck off and don't do those things, and nothing happens. Yeah, people like wait no big deal four days for me to answer them, and it doesn't actually matter. Or yeah. people are like, "You didn't answer my email right away," and I'm like, "Yeah, it was over something stupid about a thing I wasn't going to do anyway." Right. So yeah, I've gotten nice. better. I have a pretty I have a pretty good work schedule now, although I don't know that. My kids or Dylan would agree since I've been gone a lot lately. So they'd be like, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. well, you have a particular, you have a particular type of job that requires you to travel. Yeah. So that's different than a job that is like a nine to five job where yeah. you're just staying late. Just, you know, to show the boss show that your you're boss, putting in yeah. the hours. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I definitely don't do that. <laughs> Which is inefficient, I think, and ineffective. No. And, yeah. So I guess I, I guess we'll come up with toward the end of it specific questions that people can mansplain and not just men. Anybody can mansplain how, what we're doing wrong with our thing. We'll come up with uh, a couple of specifics. Yours, yours sounded like you were doing like a relationship, more of a relationship thing. I feel like that's always my focus. I never yeah. need help with my job. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, I wish that I had more career ambitions. I have a solid job. I like my job. Um, but I also feel like the, the difficulties in my life arise with relationships Obviously, I'm 38 years old. I'm single. Mm-hmm. I've been single for a really long time. I mean, I date I, I date intermittently, and I have, you know, a relationship for like six months, eight months, and then it just all explodes mm-hmm. in a big, fiery shit show every single time. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times that's happened to me. And I used to be like a serial monogamous. I had 
most of my relationships in my 20s were like three years, five years. But And you have like horror stories. Horror like, stories. Like, yeah, not even just like, oh, didn't work out. Shrug yeah. your shoulders. No, like every single time. Like, oh, like and that guy tried to murder down. me. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, like, right. yeah, they're never just like, eh, we weren't compatible. Right. It didn't work out. No. Those, those never go any further than like a couple of dates. Yeah. Like you have to be a serious psychopath to get past a couple of dates with me. <laughs> like I'm only entering into a relationship with you if there are like a sea of know, red flags, all the red flags. <laughs> like if you're not clicking off at least 12 of those, you know, nobody else would date you things. I won't. It I should won't be, maybe it should be a, like a little check-in for guys. Like if they get to a third date, they're like, oh shit, am I crazy? Yeah. Because Jocelyn's super into me. Well, I do she have a likes... on my blog. Oh yeah. And so that is, that's been very insightful for people because it's very in-depth about <laughs> what, what's good and what's bad for me. But still, none of it's worked. Well, you come up with a specific question. I think I think I have one. I think I have a specific question. Okay. It's something I've been thinking about a lot because so that whole Houston thing happened where I posted the thing about, hey, there's not a lot of women in this festival. And then 1,200 comments later, people are like, fuck you, go fuck yourself, blah, blah, and like super mad. And afterward... You hit a chord. I hit a chord. <laughs> and it was funny because that was a repost from... I had seen like 12 dudes post it and people were like, huh, interesting. And then when I posted it, just, you know, just a shitstorm of nuts, crazy comments. And afterward, I was kind of like, so a lot of female, like a lot of the women comedians I know, they don't get involved in that shit. Like they're, they even message me privately and they're like, you know, I'm not going to comment, but you know that I support you. Right, because it's really painful. I mean, yeah. you get attacked. Yeah. Like they, they attack your heart and soul. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. And I, I mean, it seems like I, I could never withstand that sort of just berating. It's like, and it's like in a weird way, it's like a, a self-care thing, but also a professional thing where I'm like, if I just didn't say anything about this and just kept my mouth shut and like, because a couple people were like, you better delete this. Um, you fucked up. You better delete this. And I was like, I'm not. I'm not deleting anything. Why would I? Would I? Why would I delete this? And then those people went through and deleted all of their shitty right. comments because right. later they were like, Oh shit, maybe I, what if? Oh shit. Um, but I was like, if I'd had, if I had just deleted it, like I, I wouldn't have spent two days answering a bunch of fuckboy comments. Completely right. wasted my time, and it, it hurts my feelings. It tires me out. It makes me sad. And also professionally, people are like. I mean, not that I would want to work with the guys who are like, oh, you, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put you on my show because you have an opinion. Like of those people, I, I probably wouldn't want to do those shows anyway. But at the probably. same time, <laughs> probably, I mean, I mean, I, like it really was shocking. There are the guys on that thread who I have worked with and work with who said really horrible things and it was, and, and with impunity, you know, well, imagined impunity because right. they're just like, oh, I can say whatever I want. But then later, like bookers and festival bookers were telling me that they went through very carefully and looked to see who was saying abusive stuff to know who not to book. And that's I was awesome. like, that's a change. That's yeah. a shift in the culture. So I guess my, my question that I would put out for wanting advice would be, is it better to, you know, to try and be strong and courageous or whatever you want to call it and like get out there and post your opinions and you know fight the good fight and be super public or is it better to just keep your head low and try to do your job and 
yeah, you know, things are wrong, but you just, you know, you stay out of the fray and you don't try to change hearts and minds and be eloquent in a fucking comment because who gives a shit, you know? So I don't, I guess that'd be my question. Which is better? Keeping your head low or speaking up for what you believe professionally and also emotionally and all that other shit? That's my question. I think that's a good question. I know how I want to respond to that question and I know how I do personally respond to that question. Yeah. Those are two different answers. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, getting a response and would be very helpful yeah. to all of us. People can, I guess, uh, you can email me at emmaarnoldcomedy.com. Or not, not .com. Nope, that's not an email <laughs> address. EmmaArnoldComedy at gmail.com. Uh, or if you have a quick response, you can just at me on Twitter. I am a road trip. Um, don't feel like, you know, you have and to. And so what we're going to do with these is yeah. then revisit them later and talk about. We'll read the responses. What's and, productive, what's not productive. Yeah. What we find helpful. Yeah. You know, and hopefully there's maybe something funny there too. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> so we might actually call you out and make fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> Which you're probably going to do to us too. So yeah, it's fair game. It's fair game. Let's do this. So what's your specific question then? <sighs> That's really hard because I wasn't really thinking about asking a specific question. Um, so I'll just do one that's really, because yours is going to be a big deal. So I'll get the big deal question next time, but I'm going to do a little deal okay. question this okay. time, which is, so the last, um, three guys that I've dated, two of them don't drive, do not have a vehicle. What? <laughs> yeah. And then the other one drove like a Porsche Cayenne. So I want to know what you think is douchier. <laughs> <laughs> Is like not not being able to drive, which means that I'm constantly picking you up or you're riding your bike. And this isn't for like medical reasons. This is just. Oh, no, it's not. Okay, this is just I never learned how to drive. I don't have a license. Right. I don't I don't know how to drive because um, I was never in a situation like I'm I'm from a city or something like that. Or it's not like we live in Boston where you can just no. no. Like this is definitely Um, a need a car. Or that they're taking a stand against um, vehicles and they're being you know high mind environmentalists. Yeah. Right. Which Which is is a little easy. What you're maybe what they're saying. It's a little easier to take that like if you live in Portland. Or a city where you can live kind of in a downtown area and co- that has a decent commuter system. Boise, it's like we barely have a bus. It runs till 3 p.m., no, you know? And n- none of them have ever dated or have ever gone on a bus. Oh, God. Because they're not riding the bus. No. No. They're just <laughs> hooking up with girls with cars. Exactly. Bib, come get me. Yeah. Bib. Yeah. But when I think about it, I almost am, um, I'm leaning towards driving the Porsche is douchier. Yeah. 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 Because that is, uh, the, that's when your like car is your identity, mm-hmm. you know, and you're so into how cool you are. I mean, the guy that I dated with, with the Porsche, literally every single time we went on a date, we had to go through the car wash. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> that was like part of our timing was like, oh, we're going to the movies, but we first have to go buy the uh, car wash, which he had the like u- the ultimate pass, you know, so oh my go God. through like six times a week if he wanted so. The really, I, I want to hear from the listeners what they think the related thread between these dudes is. <laughs> like, dudes with no car who are like, nah, I just never learned to drive. Maybe it's yeah, a... Yeah, there, there was two of those. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, within the last three relationships that I've had. 
there two of them had no car yeah and, and then they, and these are adult men over the age of 35 and then you you know is it reactionary that then you moved on to porsche guy because you're like this one's got a car oh, but then i went back to no car okay yeah so I then did, i don't no car porsche no car oh and now i'm and i'm like what you bookended that huh yeah <laughs> subaru huh oh doing a, a jeep wrangler next what's that <laughs> Jeep Wranglers. Or what I, should I look uh, for? You know, in a man in a vehicle. I feel like Jeep Wrangler is such a red flag. Really? Oh God. <laughs> There's something about a Jeep, a guy who drives a Jeep Wrangler that I'm because immediately I've like, got my mm. eye on right now is a Jeep Wrangler. Oh, which I've what? dated a Jeep Wrangler guy before. And the thing I have to say about the Jeep Wrangler is that it's not a comfortable vehicle. No, you can't go anywhere. No, it's loud and cold and noisy, and yeah. and those that's the same as loud. But I don't really like him. And he has his bike always on the bike rack on the back. But I've never seen him ride his bike. Oh, it's yeah. always just like yeah. driving around yeah. in his Jeep Wrangler. Like a bike. Jeep Wrangler and a bike and like mountain stuff <laughs> in mountains. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice blue color though. It's kind of like a slate blue, which I hadn't seen before. I don't know. I feel like Jeep Wrangler guy is almost, well, he's not douchier than Porsche. Get it washed every time you go on a date guy. But God, you're just fascinating. What's wrong with your picker? <laughs> yeah. So I could really use some solid advice on where to go vehicularly yeah with my maybe that is that is a that is actually a really solid question who sh- what kind of car should you date next yeah i mean do i go with just like a camry i, I feel like you need a nice stable like honda civic in your life but that could be so boring that's you don't you don't want a honda civic you want somebody who that's it like yeah the the, the guy that came to set up my cable the other day he was totally hitting on me. And I know that if he, if it wasn't like a work situation, he would have asked me out. Like he was heavily leaning towards asking me out. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he was just like, he was just so like white bread and sort of unsophisticated. And uh, I don't know. He just seemed boring. And I just, I looked at him. I was like, oh, I would eat you alive. Mm-hmm. I would totally eat you alive. And I feel bad about that because he was a perfectly nice guy, not bad looking, you know, but yeah, I don't, that wouldn't, and, no. and for me, I feel like he's, he's a Honda Civic yeah. type of a guy. Oh, okay. Well maybe, maybe something a little like a RAV4, you know, <laughs> you know, it's got a little spice to it. It's still pretty sensible. Like an old RAV4, like those yeah. original RAV4s from yeah. the early 90s. A, pur- a purple RAV4, <laughs> inexplicably. With like that accessory paint. Yeah, like the little swoosha, like a blue swoosha. That I would love. I could actually. Especially totally if he never explained that. it. Right. He never was like, hey, I know this is a weird car for a 38-year-old dude to drive. But he's just like, picks you up, never says a word. That's that's the guy you stick with. Because the guy who doesn't right. who doesn't identify in any way, he's just you like, it's $2,800. What the fuck are you? I don't care. What do you want from me? Do you really think a, an old RAV4 would cost $2,800? I don't know. <laughs> I'm How assuming he's had it. it. No, he seems sensible to me. He's had it for a few oh, years. Oh, like it was new $2,800? No, no. no. <laughs> it's no Kia Sorento, okay? You have to pay. A, a RAV4 is still a decent automobile. No, I, the, have you seen the new ones? They're really nice. They actually look pretty cool. Yeah, the, yeah they yeah. do. They look, but 
not the old ones. No, no, the old ones are. But yeah, if if there was a guy out there, thirty eight, living here in Boise with a Rav four from the early nineties, that he never explained why. A uh, yes. 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 The answer is yes. The best part is, is I know a guy <laughs> who I was exactly thinking of. But he's younger. He's thirty four. He has a girlfriend too. But I just when I was picturing <laughs> that is like not a problem. <laughs> When I was picturing, like, who's the kind of guy who, I'm like, oh, yeah, Dave. Dave is the kind of guy who drives a pink RAV4, never explains it. <laughs> like, six, he's like 6'2". Six like, oh, that's, that's a good height, too. Yeah. Especially Seeing him drive it around town, you see him, and you're like, what the fuck? This guy. And he's just no like, No wonder what? he has a girlfriend. See what yeah. I'm saying? No, he's, like, he's like a keeper. Catch. He's a keeper. Right yep. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Well, so we've. All right. We've answered our questions and we're ready to hear what other people have to say. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to. Hi, Dahlia. No, Dahlia, you don't have to leave. Just go upstairs if you're ready to come in. She thought I was shooing her out of the house. <laughs> go sit in the snow, kiddo. We're making a podcast. <laughs> Important business. Do you want to explain why there will often be maybe a child? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I have six of them living here. So in and out, in and out, you know. They're coming and going all the and time. And two dogs. And two dogs. Is there any rodents or No, bats? we got we had four guinea pigs because um, I had two and Dylan's kids had two and then we moved in and it was way too many guinea pigs. Uh, so we got rid of them on Craigslist, <laughs> which is for like four guinea pigs for salesies. Wow. Got rid of them. Huh. And that reminds me of my, my mom's putting her cat down today. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's very sad. That's a well. It is sad because it's a pet. Yeah. Um. But the cat broke its leg, and then now broke its other leg, and so there's really nothing that it's can just be done, done. with the cat. How old is, is it? Older? No. No. It's just. It's just. Really I don't think you have a... to put cats down for broken legs. Well, it's just like so you expensive can s- splint them. <laughs> Like they did the whole splinting and surgery and everything for the other leg, but then it broke this leg. So and they I were mean, like, "Fuck you! Yeah, you're like you're impossible." A lo- it's like the holidays, you know. So they're just gonna put <laughs> the cat not like down. a whole bunch of extra money laying around for pet surgeries. Yeah, which I'm behind. I mean, I'm a total pet person. Yeah, I love pets, but at some point you got to draw the line. Like my 15 year old dog got run over by a car. They were like, "It's gonna be three thousand dollars." Yeah. Like, He's a 15-year-old dog who's lived a good life. That I could take that $3,000 and give it to a pet rescue and they could feed so many more dogs. Yeah. You know, like come on. Let's Which you did. Reasonable. Which you did. No, he didn't die. <laughs> oh, he just got run over. <laughs> I did, I just didn't spend the money on getting him fixed up and he was totally fine. Yeah, you know what? So. <laughs> that when we ran over our own dog one time, we had a a golden retriever mix. And she ran out, she got out of the yard and ran out in front of us and we ran her over. <laughs> we brought her in and they were, it, and like we were super broke kids at the time, but they were like, oh, it's $1,500 to do the surgery. It's 150 to amputate it. Right. So we were like, okay, amputate it. Cause we don't, and they made us feel terrible. Like you're just going to cut off her leg. Really I'm like, I, we don't have $1,500 to spend on special leg surgery for a dog. Like. I wouldn't be able to afford that for myself, right. you know? So we, we were like just amputated. And then we found out later that vet lost his license for needlessly amputating pets' oh. limbs for, for telling people that their pet had like a needed knee surgery. And then 
for $1,500. And then when people would be like, no, I'm not going to do it. He'd be like, well, I guess we'll just cut this dog's leg off, which I grew up on a farm. So I kind of, when we ran her over, I was like, I think she has a dislocated hip. I don't think it's a broken bone. And I was feeling it. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't feel broken. And, and at the time, Raleigh, you know, he was just like, you're an insane person. I was like, I'm just going to pop her hip back in. I got this. And he was like, you're not popping the dog's hip back into place. And then they were like, oh, it's a broken bone. And I'm like, I don't think it is. I think it's a dislocated hip. But obviously, and they showed us an x-ray and everything, but that was the guy's scam. But he had an x-ray that he showed everybody of a broken leg, and then they would amputate the limb if you said you wow, wouldn't so want to pay. you chose to amputate the limb. Yeah, we chose, and she was fine. She's a three-legged dog. She's Which fine. everybody loves a three-legged oh, dog. Oh, she's the cutest you thing. You can get a three-legged dog, and you have now a dog with one eye. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I love a disabled dog well i have a 20 i'll disable him myself so <laughs> you do have you have the oldest dog didn't you try to get in the guinness book of world records well, i think next year he'll be eligible he has to be 21 holy cow which he'll totally he'll be fine yeah he's, he's like in great shape so. my my dog that we put down a couple years ago who was 19 he probably could like if if oh, we really nursed it no well he was blind and deaf and in, and had was incontinent and then he started not eating and he was pretty miserable. But like, had we continued to, we probably could have kept him alive for another year or two just, just to, to make a point. Good. Oh yeah. Just to just get in the Guinness book. But he I mean, was not really, happy. That's the thing. Like we're, we're on raw foods now. We're like doing everything we can yeah. to extend this life. But actually I would probably. Is he still thing. mobile and stuff? Oh, completely. Yeah. He's not in contact. That's when He's finally. Mobile. He's, you know, he gets out of the yard and goes for an adventure on in, through the neighborhood and comes back. I mean, he's just. He's golden. Yeah. So. Yeah. Jack, like, finally his hips went and he was having trouble standing and stuff and couldn't couldn't walk and stuff. And so I'd have to carry him outside so he could go to the bathroom and carry. And he was a big dog. Like, he was a healer mix. So it's not like he was, like, a little tiny thing. And I finally was just like, why? Why am I not? doing this you know you finally like oh okay also I never liked him <laughs> to be clear like from the minute we got him and I had him for 12 years I never he was That's terrible because I've had dogs that I didn't like either I yeah. had this dog Lola oh, who's just pathetic mm-hmm. and I love dogs but yeah. I never liked her we just never got on it's like if you don't bond yeah it's you don't bond. Yeah. He was such a dick. Yeah. He was just a dick from the minute we had him. He almost got a, us evicted a few times because he was such a barker and he would eat everything off the table. He had been neglected and abused. So he had all these issues, which I'm not putting on him, but like, my God, he would just eat. He would eat food off the stove while you were cooking. Like if you turn to put something in the sink, you turn back and it would be gone off desperate. of the stove. <laughs> I hated him. He was so awful. But he was so loving and sweet. Like he never bit my kids and they would climb all over. He was really tolerant of kids and he was really like in a lot of ways he was such a sweet dog that you felt bad disliking him because I'd be like, he's a really good dog in a lot of ways, but I just never, I never, and I would pet him and be like, like try to make, I love you. And it just never was there. It was never genuine. Right. I felt real bad. That's how I always feel about my parents' dogs. They always have black labs, which that temperament I I dislike. It's so needy and slobbery. Like really, really energetic for like seven to eight years and then just decrepit. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you have just like a sweet spot where Mm -hmm. you're just like an easygoing dog? They never do. But um, I can't recognize them. So there's like pictures of all the dogs. And they all look the same to me. I'm like, I don't even know which one this is, this dog. Is this the sailor dog? Is this Jack? That's like my, my parents are obsessed with border collies. And it's my mom. We've had uh, two border collies. And they're the worst 
dogs and like those are dogs that need a job they're they're work dogs and my parents have nothing for them to do and so the first one we had which i was very attached to she was like our dog when i was a kid but she was the worst dog in the world and she shit in the house all the time and she ran away all the time and she was just the most neurotic wreck all the time and then my parents after she died and it was the same thing like they were like please die please die please die for years because she was just incontinent and they, she finally passed away. Just not, they didn't put her down. She just died of old age. And they were like, oh, thank God. And then they got another fucking border collie. And I was like, what is, why are you doing this? And then same, they're this one, they're like, oh, she's so neurotic. Stop. She's a border collie and she needs to be out on the farm. Yeah. Herding sheep or something. And that's my, my mom thinks that she lives on a farm. Like she, my whole life, she's always been like, oh, this, this, let's do this. We said we we're going to do a segment called This Week in Moms. Let's talk about. <laughs> moms and their dogs that's what we're doing right now my mom she grew up in wayne michigan in detroit and she moved out to idaho to be a farm girl and when she lived up with my dad they lived in the middle of nowhere and she was like a farm girl and then she moved down here and she's never let go of this idea that she's like like she dresses in cowboy boots and she's like obsessed with this idea of like you know being on a horse and living living off the land but she doesn't actually do any of that stuff she just has border collies that's my mom's way to be a farm girl is like well, i just have a border collie that shits in my house all the time and i don't i don't get it like i don't understand like this fascination for her with like this farm lifestyle that is clearly actually a lot of work and not any fun at all right living on a farm is uh, exhausting farm. it's the fun. worst fun. up at 4 a.m to milk some stupid thing yeah, it's cold. It's dirty. Yeah, it's yeah, no. It's, it's you're always grueling. having to kill something. Yeah, or something's dying like in a horrible way. Yeah. Oh, here's some baby lambs that we brought inside that are con- going to convulse all night and right. be dead in the morning. <laughs> that was my childhood. That was like the whole of it. Like I hate this. Or oh my gosh, a bunch of rabbits. Oh, we're eating these. Right. It's just terrible. Or, in my case, my parents' labs would find. A nest? Is it called a nest of baby rabbits? I don't know what it's called. Yeah, sure. I think so. A warren? warren. It's a oh, warren. it is a warren. It's a warren. <laughs> so they would find a warren of baby rabbits always. And then you would just see like across the yard or across the field, the Labrador crunching oh. the baby rabbits like they were Doritos or something. Oh, I mean, God. I, I can't even tell you how many times that happened where I just glance over and there would be a dog eating a baby rabbit. Like, this is the best thing that has ever happened yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, growing up on a farm <laughs> is the worst. Not traumatized at all by this. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet, tiny little baby rabbits. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We were uh, we were discussing um, whether or not you could go hunting. And I was like, I grew up hunting. Mm-hmm. I hate hunting. Yeah, but I used sure. to have to do it all the time. But I was like, you know, in some sort of post-apocalyptic situation sure yeah i could kill something no problem if you needed me to kill something right now like i have a dead heart from having to butcher so much as a kid because we would kill like 75 chickens at once and it's like something kind of dies in you a little bit where you're like yeah whatever i'll rip the head off this like i don't like that about myself that i could for sure kill a living thing and not feel remorse this is why i'm so glad i know you because <laughs> i'm i like to eat chicken and in the po- in the post-apocalyptic world I hope we're still friends. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm your girl. Post-apocalyptic. <laughs> I too. And I, I wouldn't kill a chicken unless it was probably the post-apocalyptic world. I, know. like now, I would probably have a little more pause, but not a lot. Yeah. Like, like I just. I can see it and it wouldn't be a problem. I wouldn't seek it out though. Yeah. I don't go around finding chickens to kill, to be right. clear. It's not like a <laughs> hobby of mine that I'm like, hey, you need me to kill something for you this weekend? But I, but I think like. Even though like I otherwise try to be fairly Buddhist, I have been unable to find 
something in my heart that would make me be like, no, this is a living thing. Like I could look a chicken in the eye and be like, sorry, bro. <laughs> also because chickens are really stupid and yeah. super annoying. Yeah. You look in their eyes and you're like, yeah, I, I hate you. <laughs> there is nothing there. Zero. Although we had laying hens that had a lot of personality, but the meat chickens are not bred for any sort of personality. <laughs> like they're just like, and they're so dead eyed. They're little dinosaurs. Yeah. They look like you should kill them. Yeah. They breed them like that on purpose, I think, so you don't feel Next guilt. Next up on the Emma and Jocelyn podcast, <laughs> we visit a chicken farm. <laughs> and, I, and Emma's going to put her money where her mouth is. Just gleefully. <laughs> just killing chickens. There will be video. It'll be a video podcast. There we go. We'll do a video cast of me murdering chickens soullessly. Just really dead we'll just eyes. tomorrow. It is Thanksgiving That's true. All. That's true. <laughs> on theme. Okay. Yeah, so... That's that's this week in moms. <laughs> well, my mom, um, this isn't a farm story. I guess vaguely it's a farm story, but my mom is recovering from two broken arms. Oh. <laughs> Which, if you knew my mother at all, not that she has a lot of broken bones, but it wouldn't surprise you that some, like, super catastro- catastrophe would befall her. Because she just seems to be kind of, like, cut out for catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Um, she's clumsy and she falls down a lot and she's a bit ditzy and just kind of loopy. And, um, she fell in the garden, um, about a month ago and she fell backwards and landed on her wrists and broke, broke both of them. And then, um, they told her that she had advanced osteoporosis and apparently it was not news to her, (laughs) (laughs) which I felt like was rude like if you had if you have that and you're out on the farm working like i don't know clue other people in like your family so that they could maybe watch closely yeah for when you fall down but yeah she um has now been incapacitated for over a month does she have the double cast um she did she's now in soft cast but she was incapable unable to um you feed herself take a shower any of those things so she had to have full care from my pregnant sister. That is so rude. Hour that is care. so rude. <laughs> I thought it was rude. <laughs> I did. I was a little bit irritated. Like, oh, now we get to do this. Great. You're totally out of work. Yeah. Now you can help with nothing. So. Yeah, that's. You just also made a bunch of work for us. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's. But. So ungrateful. You know. But now she's in the soft cast and she can feed herself and <laughs> she stuff. She can now pour herself a glass of wine. <laughs> so, so she's we're back in action. We're back. <laughs> yeah, she's been watching a lot of um, TV and getting a lot of letters. So that's been nice for her. My mom, um, one of my favorite things is my mom is terrified of the dentist, like a genuine phobia. Oh, my mom will actually pass out. That's the other thing yeah. I should say. She's one of those people that if she sees even the tiniest little bit of blood she will pass out, which is probably what happened when she broke her arms. She just like some, some little thing scared her. And so she fell down. So she passed out <laughs> and fell down and broke both arms. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Your mom's a fainting goat. She's not even. She, when I was a kid, like well, I remember one time I came downstairs and she was making our lunches and she was passed out on the kitchen floor. Oh my God. And it was because she had this tiny, she was like, she had been slicing bread and she had the tiniest, tiniest, like imperceptible little cut. 
And it scared her so bad that she passed out. Oh my God. So she goes to the dentist. She has to, you know, lay down. Every time she goes to the doctor, she has to lay down with her feet up and she has to like talk herself through it. I mean. Yeah, that's my mom. She didn't go for a really long time. And if you even tried to talk to her about it, she would get like a panic attack and leave the room. And and like, because she's like this super Midwestern Swedish, like we didn't know it was because she was scared of it. Like she'd just be like, I don't want to talk about that. Don't talk to me about that. Don't talk to me about the dentist, please. And she would just like not talk about it. But then finally she was like, I'm very afraid of the dentist. And she started to like actually be like, okay, I can't go. So now when she goes, she has to take two out of Anne. So she's just out of her skull high. Like she can only go. And so I will take her and pick her up and sit with her. And she gets very talkative and like super goofy, which like she normally is so stoic and so quiet. And you'd put her on the Ativan and she's just like, you know, your father and I used to smoke so much hash. And it's like she was telling the dentist how many drugs she used to do. And we were like all just dying in that in the dentist room and our dentist office. And like she just gets super weird and like emotional. But like the last time I picked her up, she we went to the she made me take her to Goodwill and she bought booty shorts. (laughs) These are for these are my hat pants she kept saying and then later she had no memory of it because adamant you know you don't remember she anything still had the hot pants she had the hot pants and she was like how did i get these shorts and i'm like you insisted <laughs> on going hot pants shopping when you were doped up and it's like the best thing ever but yeah to me it's like such a weird like she's such a baby about going to the dentist but she's so, there must so have been terrified because my mom has said when she was a kid mm-hmm. that the dentist was terrifying because they had these huge needles she was um and it was very painful their dentist was like something out of a, a horror movie right and, and prehistoric yeah and um my aunt remembers it too that he would that there would be blood everywhere and he would be hurting you really bad and like they didn't have they like wouldn't do novocaine and stuff and so they they both have like really disturbing memories of this awful terrible like super sadistic dentist yeah that Which she I think was the case because yeah my mom too she can't she can't go to the dentist which is hilarious because our our dentist is the sweetest guy like just so nice to her and so tolerant of the fact that she's loopy and talking to him about hashish you know and um dr Whittison in boise he's great but but i don't know how you could continue to be scared after going to him once or twice it's right. like oh this guy's super nice like he's totally cool that like, lizard brain that just yeah trains you fight or flight yeah. yeah she's just terrified and she won't address it in any way like i've been like maybe if you got some counseling maybe if you got emdr or you know did some hypno- hypnotherapy or something but she won't even like she's to the point right now she'll be like i'm afraid of the dentist but before it was just like nope i don't want to talk about it we don't Interesting. i don't go. go to the doctor the doctor's fine she has no problem you have to i mean same thing she had a pain in her stomach for weeks and we kept being like, you need to go to, and she was like, she was in so much pain. She like sometimes would have to stop talking and just be quiet. She'd be like, I need to be quiet for a minute. And we'd be like, go to the fucking doctor. And so finally my aunt made her go and she had um, a terrible appendicitis and they had to remove it immediately, oh like right God. then. And they were even like, how have you been functioning? Like you, it's so inflamed. You've clearly been in so much pain. And and part of the problem was that she had had a hysterectomy a few years ago and usually they take the appendix at the same time. So nobody knew she had an appendix. And people kept being like, could it be appendicitis? And she's like, well, I don't have an appendix, so no. Weird. Do you know what she thought it was? She thought it was a turd turned sideways. <laughs> yeah. So that was her. Because <laughs> that happened. Yeah. Medical diagnosis. <laughs> when you'd be like, please go to the doctor. She'd be like, it's just a turd turned sideways. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not a thing. That's not a diagnosis. 
Even if it is, you really need to go to the doctor then because that's terrifying. She just would not go. And then appendicitis. Yeah. Well, because also if they did find out that you had to turn, turn, turn sideways, that would be embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want people looking at your poop. No way. No, thank you. Oh, wow. Do you have anything like that in your life that you're so afraid, afraid afeard of? Afeard of. <laughs> um, no, you know, I used to be a much more fearful person. Like I was really scared of travel and I would get really anxious doing even like small things like parking at a Costco. I would have like in a panic <laughs> That's attack. That's terrifying though. Costco. Is- Costco is very overwhelming. Like I love, once I'm in there, I love it. But the, I have to like psych myself up. Like we're doing this. We're going to Costco. This is a thing that's happening. You've got this. I will never go to a Costco. Also, Best Buy, I find horrifying. It's just like all of those. It's the it's the music and then the screens and the yeah. noise. And it's like, it seems like it's all flashing at the same time. I, now, Best Buy overwhelms me because people come and ask you if you need help over and right. over to the point where I start to get like, don't, don't approach me. <laughs> Please don't approach me, sir. But that's all of retail. I'm, I'm like, just I here for an SD card. Department store oh, because they're like, can I get you a dressing room? Can I get you a dressing room? I'm like, I am, I can get myself a dressing room when I'm ready. Yeah. I like I, carrying around this giant stack of clothing that I'm not I'm not buy. ready for it. <laughs> yeah. I hate, like we were in Indiana and we were at a Macy's and like eight people came up to me like we, we were just like walking through the hall and I was just like stop stop you guys are overwhelming me please stop approaching me like I'll it's come really to you if I have a question right. and I know for some especially older people they'll be like well nobody's even try- come over and tried to help me but I feel like generationally that has changed and none of us want to be talked to no nobody Do under 40 wants to, to be talked to um, about talk anything to plane I don't want to talk to you at the grocery store I don't want to talk to you at a department store yeah it's it's really invasive I yeah feel. Like <laughs> it is, it is. It's very presumptive. You're like just because you work here, I, you, know you have to ask me if I need help. No, I feel that way about the phone too. Oh. I'm like, why are you calling me? Yeah. Do not call me. I know a lot of people where I'll text them and then they'll call immediately back. call me back. Oh. I'm like, I'm texting you clearly because I'm not in a position to, or I do not want to have a phone conversation with you now. Yeah. And I feel like that's a generational thing too. Yeah. My dad, if he could be a telemarketer, he would be on the phone like all the time. He would, he just loves talking on the phone. Yeah. And if somebody calls me, I feel like, um, I feel put upon. Yeah. And, like I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how I'm going to respond. And it could, even if it's just my friends, I'm like, nope, I'm avoiding this call. I, for no good reason. I'm especially if like you answer and you're like, what? Yeah. And they're like, what are you doing? And you're like, did you not have a reason for calling me? What are you doing? Why are you just calling? In fact, I'll even text people and be like, can I call you right now? Right. Because I'm so, yeah. Or like make a plan to have a phone call. We're going to call like, at 3 p.m. Right. on the Tuesday. I, I do set up phone dates for friends that are yeah. long distance. Yeah, I'll I do say, too. Sunday morning, we're going to have a chat at 7. And then I'm like, I've got my coffee. I'm ready. I'm prepared. Yeah. you're. It's not sprung on you. Right. Yeah. I or, know. And if you drop by forget it oh my family they're droppers they are droppers like they have no uh no problem just popping in oh i was just down the street in your neighborhood that's the thing i i don't do they live close no it's like but like they live on the west end and so um so they're passing so they'll be like oh i was just coming up from downtown i figured i'd swing by and i and it's i'm like don't don't swing by no swinging by no swinging by and they always like think that that's like no you they think it's charming you you don't mind yeah i they have always been stoppers stopper buyers 
luckily my parents live in a different town, but they do use my, my house as like a, a point of meeting or, um, to arrange things or to like, if they have to change for some event or something, they will use my house as, as that. But, um, I've tried to discourage it as much as possible and probably more rudely than I should. (laughs) Like I I have a second bedroom, but I will not get a guest bed because I don't want them to think they can stay. (laughs) No, you can't actually stay. Mm -mm. Sorry. There's no bed. (laughs) It's too bad. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's all full up here. Full up at the end. I don't, but I don't think, I can't think of anything. Cause like I, since I started traveling a lot and doing comedy and like comedy has given me a lot of confidence. I can't think of anything that I'm really super genuinely. I mean, if you, the ocean, like if you were like, let's go deep in the ocean at night mm-hmm. and do some night diving, I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. There's squids. Yeah. Another I, thing. I was not afraid of the ocean at all until I got caught in a riptide and was, was nearly dead. Yeah. So I that, was like out in the ocean with the fog swimming and couldn't get back to shore. Yeah. That was terrifying. Now I have like a solid fear of the ocean. I feel like... I feel like that's not even a phobia. Like the ocean is for sure trying to kill you. <laughs> right. Like with oh, stuff yeah. in it or it's just by itself. Fun. It's yeah. not there for, not for fun playing. Yeah. Fun pools. Pools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't get overwhelming fear of water in pools, but in ocean, in the ocean, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't, I don't like to, um, I was supposed to go to Hawaii Pacific university. I had a scholarship there to be a marine biologist, which was totally that my mom was like, you, you should be a marine biologist. And I was like, all right. But I don't like the water a whole lot. And one of the classes, like the first class you had to take was ocean safety, where they taught you how to scuba dive and all this stuff. And oh, I was like, the worst. nope. Okay. And I didn't go. I went to BSU <laughs> instead because I was like, no, sir. Well, let me tell you right now, I am scuba certified. And I did all of the scuba diving training. And then I went and got my certification in the you know beautiful oceans of Mexico. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. It was really pretty. But the thing about scuba diving is that it's zero fun. Mm-hmm. It's like bird watching underwater. Yeah. It's you have to move really, really slow. And um, the other thing that they never mentioned once in the training was that you get terrible heartburn because yeah. you're like you're facing down. Yeah. You're so you're horizontal, but with your head down most of the time because you're swimming. And so then your stomach acid goes up your esophagus and you get really, really bad heartburn. Ugh. And everybody that you're scuba diving with, it's like, I think people think of it as like an extreme sport, but there's, it requires no exertion. Yeah. It requires anti-exertion. So everybody that you're scuba diving with is, is probably obese. Like those are the people that scuba dive are, the, are fat smokers. Because they're getting to have an adventure, which <laughs> requires no exertion. And everybody and, has heartburn and it's just like, and, yeah, and let's go bird watching. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, you're just down there. And yeah, there's sometimes cool fish or, you know, like otters or something. But I'm like, what am I doing this for? Why am I underwater moving really slowly and getting heartburn? It's <laughs> fun. It's not. No. You know, and it's like cost a million dollars. You know, you have to charter the boat and you have to get your oxygen tank. It seems so claustrophobic too. It's not, you know, like snorkeling where you can just be like, yeah, I'm done with this. You have this weird mask on and you feel like you're inside of a TV. Yeah. And you have to go, (laughs) if you're going to go up, you have to be like slow and careful about it. Oh, you have to do math. They make make you figure out like on your dives, like how deep you can go and how long you can be down there. I'm like, or I could just, you know, go to the pool at the hotel 
you know? You guys have an aquarium? <laughs> cool. <laughs> I don't have to wear an oxygen tank over my cute suit. Yeah. You know? Are you scared of anything? Um, I have a lot of anxieties that I manage, but... Um, yeah. And other than now being afraid of the ocean, which I wasn't before, I don't really think like, I'm not afraid to fly, but I think it's just because I'm so able to not think of things as a reality. I just don't even think about what's happening when I'm in situations like that are, that would incite panic or something. I just, I don't even think about what's happening or what I'm doing. I'm just like, I'm just going to read my book now, but I don't like crowds and I don't like um, a lot of, uh, stimuli, you know, like noisy, loud things, light shows, or, you know, like big concerts where there's a lot of people. I mean, I don't know if that's a fear. Yeah. Just, you get overwhelmed. I'm just like, I, this is not fun. So why would I pay $70 to do this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like I do like planes and stuff. I always like once I was kind of like, Oh, you don't have any control over this. Like being scared doesn't land a plane more efficiently. So that, yeah, I'm I'm like never also, anxious see about that. Like being worried and panicking, and I'm I'm like you're just an idiot. Yeah, you should stop. You're making an ass <laughs> out of yourself. Stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you What are you doing here? That's productive. Zero. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. But um, I think probably my greatest fear is that I will just always like there will never be progress in my life. So I have kind of these like personal goals that I'd like to meet maybe like emotional ambitions. And so I think being stagnant as a person, like I kind of always have to be moving around and doing things. Yeah. Maybe that's a fear. I guess if I had one, like really genuinely, I am really afraid of getting the stomach flu somewhere other than my home, (laughs) which sounds ridiculous. No, it does not. But like I was very sick for a few years where I had like constant vomiting and diarrhea because I had a really bad stomach thing going on and I was really sick for like a year and it was always my fear like I had carried this medication with me to suppress vomiting because I would just start puking in places and not be able to stop and it was horrible and now I've been well for a few years and I've been fine and I don't have any of those like attacks anymore but my I always am in like a constant state of like hyper vomit awareness or diarrhea awareness where I'm like wait what was that what was that bubble in my stomach (laughs) especially when I'm about to get onto a plane right where like the idea of being sick on a plane just I'm not scared if we crash. Right. I'm scared if I have to poop on that plane. <laughs> like that's unacceptable in every way. I'm saying like when we've been on the road and I've started to be like, oh, I'm not feeling good. I'm like, I do not want to be sick in this hotel room or this comedy condo or whatever. I'm like totally terrified of getting sick somewhere other than home. I am always afraid that I'm going to go into a, you know, when you go into those restaurants where they have the bathroom that's just right off of the dining room and yeah. it's just like the one door. I'm so afraid of somebody opening that door when I'm in the bathroom. Yeah. So there's a couple of restaurants that I, that are, you know, in my hometown where I will make sure that I don't have to use the bathroom there because inevitably I think like I will have to go and then somebody will open the door and like the whole dining room will see me. Those are the worst. But that actually happened to me not too long ago when I was out having beers and I had two beers and I was like, oh, I have to use the bathroom. And there was a sign on the door that said, the lock doesn't work. Please knock. And so I went in and the lock didn't work. And of course the lady, some dumb lady didn't read the sign because nobody reads the sign and just totally walked in on me. Oh my God. Whole dining room. I mean, I'm sure nobody saw it. Yeah. For me, but 
It was like, this is my worst nightmare. And it totally just happened. That happened to me uh, when we were on the road and I was putting a tampon in when the lady walked in and it was, it was the goddamn worst because it was an OB, no applicator. So just had my finger up myself, probably very inexplicably to the woman who, and it didn't, the lock wasn't. I like when I shut it, it had the two locks and I didn't realize the one I locked was the broken one. Like I just Why pushed the button. Always broken locks on yeah. The bathroom doors? What is that uh, like, that? like how hard is it to change the knob out and just have a lock that's not broken? You know, you put the little hook up on the top that also doesn't stay locked. And so she just walked in and then was like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. And I was just like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm hyper vigilant in restaurant bathrooms. Hyper vigilant. <laughs> Do not want to use one. No, if I can help. It. No, I hate using public bathrooms in general. Yeah, but that and but that is like from being in cities like New York where you can't, you never can find a bathroom. Like I, I am always really aware of the next place that has a bathroom whenever I'm traveling. Like okay, but where are we going that has a bathroom? You know where you can always go is Target. Yeah, I that's appreciate true. Targets because they always have a really clean bathroom. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, like growing up in the West. I remember going to like uh, gas station bathrooms on road trips with my parents and being like in the most disgusting, horrifying oh, yeah. situations. Like, oh my God, I can't even believe this kind of filth. It's been, I would say, 20 years since I've been in a bathroom like that. I feel like the, the era of horrendous bathrooms no. has passed. No, no. Because even like the Starbucks in New York, she'll go in and you'll open it and there's just shit everywhere. And like there are a couple bathrooms in New York where I was like, I can't. I can't do it. I just can't. Like, it's too filthy. You can't even just, like, squat over No, the there was, like, shit on the toilet and oh and God. toilet paper all around and urine on the floor. Because a lot of times the homeless people will come in and use bathrooms like that and, and they'll just be destroyed. And so, like, this, there were a couple Starbucks we went into. I'm like, well, Starbucks will have a clean bathroom. And you'd go in there and be like, oh, my God. And, like, and I'm sure if you work there, you're like, I, I'm not dealing with yeah, this like, every hour. Like, no. Yeah, so. Wow. So, just. One more reason not to move to New York. No. You've just like yep. solidified no. that decision nope. for No, I'm going to live uh, yeah, in I've a... I've been feeling like, in fact, there's kind of this opposite trend in bathrooms where there's these, every new restaurant has this like elaborate, exotic bathroom with like specialty woods and metals. Yeah, and super fancy. Huge... In the West, that's true. Yeah. Like people are going out of their way to be like, look how much time we put into this bathroom. Yeah, this is a $40,000 bathroom. It works too. Cause I'm like, this place has a great bathroom. Like I'll come out and be like, have you guys seen the bathroom right. here? It's amazing. I'm to stay for another drink. I love I it here. Let's go back in there. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Well, let's see what, uh, let's do people I hate right now. And then actually I, I'm going to pause it cause I have to pee so bad. I might die. <laughs> now that we've been talking about this this whole time. Okay. She just come in and we're, in on you. <laughs> she walked in on me and we're back. <laughs> Hi. And we're back after a bathroom break. I hope that's <sighs> going to be like a regular, a oh, regular thing. For sure will because I have a complete mom bladder, you know, <laughs> where I'm like, oh, it's been 25 minutes. I better go tinkle again. I also have a mom bladder, but I've never had kids. You just have one? Yeah. Just, <laughs> like It's a sympathetic bladder, I guess. Yeah. Just, you're just... Let's talk about it some more after I've had a La Croix and coffee before. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, the other thing we're going to do every time we do a podcast, I was going to say every week, but no, that's probably we pretty up. We haven't talked about though, what we're going to call the podcast. Are we going to no. come up with a name? You know what we'll do? Let's uh, do people we hate and then we'll do the name. Okay. okay. Uh, people you hate, uh, people we hate this week. Um, I hate this guy named Bill who on that, on that ridiculous thread, there were a lot of people who were like, uh, why don't you come down on an open mic and I'll kill you. And just a bunch of really awful shit. 
But that stuff I feel like is it's like honest in a way. It's like, fuck you, whore. All right, well, we both know where we stand, you know? But this guy, and if you look through the comments, this guy, Bill, was like, oh, I respect you. I admire you so much. But here's why you need to stop talking like this, young lady. And he sent me 20 PMs, like correcting my language and, and telling me, I, you know, I think you're so funny and you're such a nice girl, but here's why, here's why you need to not speak like that. And he was so condescending and so obnoxious and just would not get it. And I finally just started, like, I was, I wasn't responding at first. And then I finally just started responded in all caps, like, stop reprimanding me. And he was just like, oh, I'm not, I'm sorry. And like that super passive aggressive quote unquote nice you know kind of way to like respond to somebody that I just it made me more angry than any other response in there and he did it to a couple women in there where he was just like I think it's so great that you're voicing your opinion but here's how you could do it better and it's just like that to me is more obnoxious than just fuck you whore you know I totally agree so annoying so annoying I have this older gentleman which is very generous of me uh, who is like a friend of somebody that I used to work with who is on my Facebook for whatever reason. And, you know, if I post anything that's even like slightly complainy or even if it's not, even if it's just like, a, like I posted the Mark Marin commentary about Thanksgiving and how hard it is. And, you know, we're revisiting um, a lot of uh, family dynamics that we've been, you know, trying to get rid of, trying to get over for our whole lives at Thanksgiving. Um, and so he always has to be like, you just need to be thankful for what you have. You're doing so great. And we're so proud of you. And it's just like, I, I, I don't need your, I don't need you to buck me up kiddo. Yeah. Like I didn't ask for it. You don't know anything about me. Yeah. (laughs) It's always somebody that you're like, you're a stranger. It's never somebody like, it's not ever like your uncle or your, it's never someone from your life. Actually. Like I get so many messages from dudes, my dad's age who are strangers being like, Hey, you talk about yourself too much on the internet. Hey, you need to post less depressing stuff. Hey, you, and I'm like, we're fucking straight. And then when I'm like, no, I don't need you to tell me what to do. Then they start being like, listen here, young lady. And I'm like, you're not my dad. Right. Fuck off. <laughs> and that, I, it really, it annoys me worse than even the guys who send me like fucking death threats. Cause I'm those, I'm like, okay, well we just, we agree to disagree. Okay. But those guys, oh yeah, they make, I hate those guys that's who i hate this week is the fucking uh dad age creeps who are trying to tell you how to live your life and are acting like they're doing you a favor those are the guys that's a good one that's a really good one um i'm going to say to the people that i hate this week but this is this is probably my long most long-standing uh hate hated person is um middle-aged women in sweater sets um (laughs) who are often on the boards of arts organizations and nonprofits. That's usually where I end up working is those. Mm. And they have never actually had like a job in their life, but they're more than willing to come in and tell you how to do your job and judge you and make you, and belittle you and make you feel like somehow you're less than because you're not um, married to a doctor and, um, driving around in a fancy car and have a big fancy ring. And, but they also do it in that same, like, now I know that you really are a smart and interesting person, but let me tell you that there's a better way to do this. Yeah. And it's like, I, you know, I do a really good job at my job and I don't need somebody who has never done a job to tell me how to do my job. 
I hate that shit sandwich thing. Like whoever decided that what you, how you criticize somebody is to um, be like, nice thing, mean thing, nice thing. I hate whoever came up with that. Just fucking like, don't try to avoid conflict with me. I think that is the worst thing when it's like, oh, sweetie, you're such a smart, capable woman, but, oh, it's the the yeah, butt. Yeah, patronizing. Yeah. And it's like, also, you don't, you haven't taken the time to know anything about me. You don't know yeah. my educational background or my experience or anything like that. You're just coming in off the street, having seen one thing, and then you're going to make commentary and, and pass judgment. Yeah. It's the, and, the sweater set, too. Like, I feel like if you're wearing two sweaters that are the same color, you're a real dick. <laughs> There's just no way around it. Why are you, why do you have two sweaters on that are the same color? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Wear one sweater. That's one color. I don't, I've never, whenever I see someone in the sweater set, I do, I get the same kind of gut. Like, hmm, hmm. I'm a little sweater setist. How do you, what did you say? How would you say it? I have an ism about sweater sets for sure. Because I've had very similar, you know, when I worked for a nonprofit I had very similar experiences of people who would be like, you know, sweetie, you're doing a great job, but you know, it would make it a lot better. And you'd be like, so volunteer, right. volunteer, Do get some actual work. like, you Don't know, actually, like, um. actually help us with the stuff that you're, it would be great if you could find some people to do X, Y, and Z. And then you'd be like, yeah, help you us do that. You should do. They're always yeah. like, everybody's an idea man, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, we we have so many ideas. There are so many things what we, that we could do. But do you know what? We have a budget. Yeah. And we have a mission. And we have a plan. And we've already discussed all of this. Uh, we're making a podcast? Yeah, she's up in her room. <laughs> Dylan, we're trying to make a... He is dying. Come here, Dill. Dill. Come here. This is our engineer. This is our sound engineer, Dylan Haas. I know you're dying to be on the podcast. You're just, no, just it's just, it's killing you. Oh bad. my God. <gasps> wow. We had to stop and start because some people had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I had to go potty. I heard you running around, so I thought you were Oh, okay. Um, well, let's, well, oh, I, I hate Dylan Haas. <laughs> That's who I hate this week. Dylan Haas. Um, okay, now let's quick, uh, we haven't named the podcast. No, I, th- I feel like it should have a name because... Yeah, that's pretty Emma standard. And Joss, yeah. you know, Jocelyn and Emma. I mean, whose name should go first? What sounds better? But also, it's got to have... It's got to be something that really kind of captures... On brand, punchy. Yeah, yeah what I, we are and who we are. I liked um, Career Lady Basket because <laughs> uh, you have... Uh, is that that's like a shopping basket that you carry your stuff around? And I was calling it your career lady basket. No, 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 no. No, what happened? No, no, no. What happened was that I have a orange plastic shopping basket that I got at Winco, which is really, really handy. It's very cool, actually. And I took it to work one day and you came to see me and you're like, what is that? That looks like a homeless person basket. And I said, actually, Emma... That's a career. Oh, lady you basket. named it. It's a career lady basket. Yeah. yeah. Told me it was like a homeless thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. Well, then I put a my name is tag on it that says career lady basket that won't come off. Yes. And now I carry it around and I forget that it's on there and I can see people. <laughs> and you just look nuts. You just look nuts. Oh, I am here at, at the Winco with my career lady basket. And people are like, oh, boy. That's, yeah, it's super crazy. I like career lady basket. <laughs> It wasn't name. crazy until I put that that sticker on it, proclaiming what it was. And now I love to carry it around because yeah. it does seem insane. I like mute and sob also. Mute and Early. sob? Oh, mute and sob. Mute and sob. Because we were talking earlier about what we were going to do on the podcast. And we were like, probably mute and sob <laughs> a lot. I feel like that's pretty solid. 
Right. And I came up with, um, I was reminded of a business that I had in my youth, which was making plastic jewelry um, with beads. And my business was called Pastels and Pearls. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I felt like, you know, pastels because we're girls. And then pearls because we're going to be giving pearls of wisdom. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I thought we could just reinvigorate that brand that I already had at age eight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we uh, also came up with couples skate. Oh, couples skate. I do like couples skate. Yeah. Because I I always. uh, Lots of photo ops ops that would be good with that one. That really the only reason I want that name is so we can go do a photo shoot. Uh, at the at the rink with us couple skating yeah and also that would open up for we could always have a really good couple skate song yeah that's open true up, couple skate podcast. is pretty good yeah because i i don't know about how it was for you in elementary school but i sat out most couple <laughs> skates you know you know what honestly i'm still sitting out the couple <laughs> skate so couple skate is I, like I don't it. know if I've ever actually had the opportunity to do a couple skate. So maybe this is for me. Um, it's uh, reaching. It's yeah. It's, it's it's what's the what's the word? Like an ambitious. Yeah, yeah. Like I yeah. want. I would like to be part of a couple skate, even if it means it's with somebody who is in a relationship with a man who and they have six children. Yeah, that's our couple <laughs> like if skate. That's as close as I'm going to get. Sure. Maybe that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's what we should call ourselves as couples skate. I like the idea of being be able to pick the perfect song every time. Yeah. All right. I do too. Okay. okay. I Easy. I think this went pretty well. <laughs> Dylan says that we rambled a lot, but uh But he's the man. And he's he a man. man explain us about our podcast. I know. He did. Cuz jealousy. Jealousy. <laughs> he he doesn't do a podcast. Hmm. Okay, well, uh we'll do this again when uh I don't know, whenever we do it. <laughs> Maybe around Christmas. One yeah. month till Christmas. One month till Christmas. We'll do it in a month. Great. It'll be a monthly podcast. <laughs> timely. Very timely. Cheers. All right. Bye. Poison. <laughs>